The Tennis Gateway Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Network presented by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamepodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe locking for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use the promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gam Podcast Network. It is currently Sunday morning, August 13th. And I'm your host, as always, Scott Reichel, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode and a short one, only one match to go through. It is time to go through the final taking place in Toronto on the men's side at around 4 p.m. Eastern time. So it's a matchup between Dimenauer and Sinner. Definitely not the matchup people thought we'd be getting in the final. Either way, though, should be fun. Looking forward to breaking it down, but... Before we get into the preview for that match, I do want to recap what happened in the semis on Saturday. First of all, for the Lock and Dog picks, we were in good form this entire tournament. However, it did not work out well at all in the semifinals as we went 0-2. And the main reason why, we were hoping for some overs, and instead both matches ended quickly. You ended up seeing Dimenauer and Fakina end very early. That was the lock with the over in games. And instead, Dimenauer curb stomped them and won 6-1-6-3. Really embarrassing showing there by Fakina. And then you ended up having Sinner and Paul, and Sinner won 6-4-6-4. Very competitive match. Just Sinner was able to hold a bit more, and we had the over two and a half sets there, plus 150. I'm not sure how likely it was to cash, but once again, plus 150 did seem too high, and Paul had some chances, but Sinner was able to respond to adversity well as he was able to win in straight sets. But for a 6-4, 6-4 match, it did take an hour and 56 minutes, so still a pretty long uh, match because each set was roughly an hour, where Dimenauer and Fakina was 6-1-6-3, and it ended in 77 minutes. So if you want to use the rest advantage, if you want to use that argument, then I guess Dimenauer is a bit fresher because he played less tennis, and he was the early match, but I don't think it really matters in this case. Both guys in the final are young, and they're fit, and I think they should be able to look pretty good in the Sunday matchup. But once again, to go through the actual semis, Fakina no-showed the match, Simply put, Dimenauer was able to adjust to the wind, which was a real, uh, I'd say, issue for a decent amount of play. There was a lot of wind going on, and you saw Dimenauer kind of take some some velocity off the shots to keep it in play, and Fakina had a hard time keeping the ball in play because of it. Also double-faulted a bunch, which didn't exactly help in big points, as Fakina double-faulted four times. So both guys could not have a first serve in the entire match. Fakina ended up landing 59% of his first serve points, but only won 41% of them. Fakina won 41% of his first serve points and 26% of his second serve points. Meanwhile, Dimenauer ended up only landing 47% of his first serves, won 56% of the first serve points and 54% of the second serve points. And both guys had nine break points. So once again, wind was a massive issue. And you saw serving really take a dive because of it. And then you're looking at what happened in the Sinner and Paul match. The wind wasn't as bad. It was still noticeable. And you saw each player have at least 10 break points. So you saw a lot of potential breaks. And Sinner's first serve percentage was not good at all, as he ended up only landing 46% of his first serves. But to go through the numbers here, Sinner, uh, once again, just ended up out 
I'd say just outlasting Paul is the word I'd use because once again, there were a couple of really long rallies and it felt like Sinner won most of them. But both guys had issues with their serve. Uh, Paul's first serve percentage was okay at 67%, but Sinner's once again was not great. Dimenauer's was not great. And I do wonder if there's going to be wind on Sunday. Spoiler, uh, there might be because I'm going to mention that in a second. Then you might end up seeing a lot of breaks because if both Sinner and Dimenauer cannot land for serves, you might get double faults, you might get just good returning opportunities, and you might get a bunch of breaks. But anyway, really all my thoughts for the matches right there. Even though I thought that the Paul and Sinner match would go over, I did think that Sinner would win. And for Fakina Dimenauer, I think I ended up leading, uh, leaning to Dimenauer, but I didn't really have a strong opinion on it. Either way, the point is the matches were kind of duds on a Saturday because you were hoping for at least one marathon. Instead, the marathon was found in the women's section as you ended up seeing Swiatek and Pagula go to a three-set war with a side of Cotton Eye Joe playing in the tiebreaker. So that was definitely a pretty fun clip. If you don't know what I'm talking about, they were in the middle of a tiebreaker point in the second set. And midway through the point, Cotton Eye Joe started playing in the arena for about three seconds and they had to redo the point, which I thought was pretty funny. I've never seen that before. And to be honest, I forgot that Cotton Eye Joe was even a thing. But either way, Pagula ended up winning in three. So congrats to her. But unfortunately, uh, now you have a pretty weird situation going on on the women's side because you have to wait out the uh, semifinal matchup between Rabakana and uh, Samsonova, and then the winner of that's going to have to face off in the night match against uh, Pagula. So it's a pretty weird scheduling spot because they had to cancel the women's match because of uh, bad weather. So you're going to see a pretty jam-packed women's section uh, because you're going to have two matches on a Sunday, and whoever wins the other semifinal should be at a massive disadvantage facing off against Pagula based on rest. But either way, uh, point is, I don't have a one in the final. I was going to do an episode on the women's final, but we don't have one yet, so I can't do it. But either way, uh, once again, the men's ep- the men's episode did not work out, and hopefully we'll get back on track here on Sunday. But now it's time to get into the actual preview for the match, and I got to start off where I always start off with, which is the head-to-head, and it's been one-way traffic. It has not been as bad as Dimenauer against Sissipas, but it has not been good. So Sinner is 4-0 lifetime against Dimenauer, Three of those meetings were on hardcourt. They faced off in the next-gen final, actually, in 2019. Sinner won 4-2, 4-1, 4-2. So straight set win. I know it's reduced sets, but he won comfortably. They faced off in Bulgaria in 2020, and Sinner won that one. Did go to three sets, though, but he won 6-7, 6-4, 6-1. They faced off in the Australian Open, and Sinner was able to win in 2022 in straight sets. There was a tiebreaker, though, in the first set. And they faced off on clay in 2022 in Madrid, and Sinner did win that one in straight sets, 6-4-6-1. The clay one I'm tossing out because, once again, that tells me nothing. I just think that when you're looking at this matchup, looking at clay isn't going to solve anything. But now, that doesn't change the fact that Sinner has still never lost to this guy. And we saw about a week or two ago, Dimenauer was against Sissipas, who he never beats, and he lost in straight sets. So I do think it is possible for Dimenauer to get buried in this match. However... I'm not picking him to get buried. I think you're going to see a very competitive match. And I mentioned the wind, which was a big factor yesterday. I got to mention the wind again, because you're looking at roughly 13 mile per hour winds during the match, the corner projections. But the point is, wind should be a big factor. And I do think as a result, serving is going to be very difficult in this match. So because of the weather alone, 
I think that actually benefits Dimenauer because Sinner is going to hit with a lot more power, but that also means he's going to hit with a lot of extra unforced errors because he's constantly trying to go for more. Dimenauer was willing to take velocity off the shots against Fakina, and I can really see Dimenauer trying to wait it out on Sinner, hoping that Sinner's rocketed forehands end up being impacted by the wind and you see more unforced errors. But I could really see a world where both guys get a bunch of breaks, you have a competitive match, but I do think Dimenauer can make it extremely interesting by trying to use the wind and the overall weather conditions to his advantage. Now, do I think he's going to win? I didn't say that. I think Sinner's probably going to win, if I had to guess, but I do think, once again, Dimenauer could maybe take a set Maybe you get a tiebreaker because two of the three hardcore matches did have a tiebreaker in the first set. But I do think, once again, with the weather element that needs to be discussed, Dimenauer looked very comfortable with the bad weather. And maybe you can make an argument that's because Fakina was so uncomfortable that it made Dimenauer look great by comparison when he really didn't have to do anything because his opponent was self-destructing the entire match. But I don't know if I agree with that. I just think Dimenauer's overall style of play, which is so focused on keeping the ball in play and forcing his opponent to make mistakes, a bad weather match would be good weather for Dimenauer to pull off the upset. But I do think Sinner will be able to win the match because I do think eventually he'll be able to hold more easily. I do see a bunch of breaks in this match, though, and it might end up uh, being a foreshadowing to the lock and dog picks. But the point is, I do think when you're looking at this match, you're going to see a lot of really ugly first serves, maybe some ugly second serves, but expect to see both players constantly involved in 30-30s, maybe even love 30s, 15. You get the point. You're going to see a lot of returning success in this overall match. So that's kind of what my anticipation is, not to mention how slow the courts have been all week long. It has not been Indian Wells slow, but it's been very slow. So I do think, once again, that should result in a lot of breaks as well. But you're looking at what I think should be a win for Sinner. I do think at the end of the day, Dimenauer's serve is that much weaker than Sinner's, that Sinner should be able to get a couple of extra free holds if he is able to land north of 55% of first serve percentage. And I do think, once again, with a lot of breaks in store, one or two holds might do it. We saw it, for example, in the second set of the Dimenauer and Fakina match, where nobody held serve besides basically once. And with that being the case, you were able to just win by holding one time. I'm not sure if it's going to be that extreme, but Sinner should have an easier go of it when it comes to winning service games because he can easily erase any danger he's in with a powerful first serve where Dimenauer does not have that luxury. Now, on the other hand, you can argue that Dimenauer is the better returner between the two because of his movement and the fact that he keeps the ball in play. Maybe you're right. I don't think Sinner is that bad of a returner. The issue for Sinner is he's really not the best on break points, which has been an issue for him in some big matches in his career. But I do think when I'm looking at the match, looking at the actual betting lines here, which I kind of skipped over, you have Sinner at minus 240. You have Dimenauer plus 200. The spread is 3.5, minus 3.5 to Sinner, plus 3.5 to Dimenauer. Over-under is either 21.5 and minus 130 to the over, or 22.5 over is even money. The under 22.5 is minus 120. The under 21.5 is even money. And if you want to look at Sinner in straight sets, you can get that at plus 105. Dimenauer to win a set is minus 135. Match to go to three sets is plus 140. Now, for the sake of this matchup, once again... Until I see Dimenauer actually beat this guy, I don't think I can pick him to beat this guy because we just did the same exact log. We used the same exact logic a week or two ago with Sitsipas in straight sets, and Sitsipas beat Dimenauer in straight sets because he just has a hard time in this matchup. And I do think Sinner's firepower 
can really neutralize the elite movement that Dimenauer has because of his ability to actually hit winners past them and to really keep Dimenauer off balance. Now, once again, the weather should definitely help Dimenauer combat that. So I do think you're going to see a competitive match. I'm going to lean to the over, and I do think you're going to maybe see three sets. But I do think Sinner will eventually break through, and I think he'll eventually win because Dimenauer's serve is that weak. And I do think that Sinner should be able to provide a lot of quality, powerful returns, which should get Dimenauer on his back foot. The problem that you run into for Dimenauer is that even though he is really solid at keeping the ball in play, he doesn't hit many winners, which means that the entire match is usually on his opponent's racket. If the opponent can hit winners and can hit with power and does not hit a ton of unforced errors, Dimenauer's in trouble. And Sinner is a guy that has the firepower like a Fritz, for example, but he's definitely more reliable than Fritz. And I do think that's going to be a problem Dimenauer runs into where Sinner is able to, at some points in the match, win some long rallies by hitting some insane forehands or backhands with power. Dimenauer won't be able to actually get to it. And you're going to see Sinner win some of the longer rallies potentially in this match. But for the sake of my picks for the match, I am going to lean to Sinner to win, but I don't see much value on it. I think I am going to lean to the over 21 and a half because I do think each player is going to take some time to adjust to the wind. Maybe Dimenauer is going to look sharp early because of the wind, and then you see Sinner respond well moving forward once he adjusts. But I do think, once again, looking at this match, since I do like the over, I think I am tempted by the team totals for each player. Sinner's is at 12 and a half which is kind of annoying because, once again, that means you need either a 7-5 or a 7-6 or the match to go three and basically center to win. But I do think that's a pretty realistic outcome here because, once again, two of the three hardcore matches did go to a tiebreaker in the first set, so you might see a bit of a longer first set. Dimenauer has constantly gone over this number all tournament. To look at Dimenauer's first sets, even facing some big deficits, which he came back from, Dimenauer's total games in the first set, he had seven against Fakina. That was a brutal showing by Fakina. Uh, tiebreaker against Medvedev, tiebreaker against Fritz, 6-4 against Diallo, 7-5 against Nori. So four of the five matches at this event have gone over the first set total of nine and a half, for example, in this mat, uh, in the first set. And I do think, once again, you might end up seeing a couple tiebreakers because you have seen two separate seven, six, uh, seven sixes in the first set in this event. And you also have a seven five with Nori in the first round. So I do think, once again, looking at uh, the possibility of seeing Sinner get to 13, I think it's actually higher than people think. And I do think Dimenauer can potentially steal a set. But for the sake of the betting picks, I really don't have and a lot with insane confidence because, once again, with the weather, it's an entire variable that you can't really account for. Like, I'm not sure how much of the head-to-head meetings in the Australian Open and in Sofia matter when the weather might have been fine that day. And now everything's in a completely different situation. So I'm going to go with Sinner because, once again, he does seem to have Dimenauer's number. But I am going to lean to Sinner personal team total games over 12 and a half at minus 120. I think he'll win, but I think it might not be the easiest win in the world. So give me a competitive match that Sinner finds a way to win. Either way, though, that's going to wrap it up for this actual preview. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But forward to that, going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by the SportsCam Podcast Patreon. SportsCam Podcast Patreon is the perfect place for the diehard DGEN. Sign up for the Patreon to get exclusive access to contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 
first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being degenerate gamblers. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gam Podcast has, and always will, give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsCampodcast.com slash Patreon. SportsCampodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season is right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas. Plus, our good friends up north, Parlay Play, is available in all provinces of Canada. And when you sign up with our code, you'll get a sweet bonus to get started. Head over to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's parlayplay.io, promo code SGP. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the men's final in Toronto, taking place on Sunday. Now it is time for the lock and dog picks for the show. Starting off with the lock, we're going to go with a break prop. And for this one, it's going to be a bit juicy, but I do like it in general. It's going to be breaks in the first set. And I am going to take Dimenauer to break center serve once in the first set at minus 163. And that line is courtesy of Bet365. Now, simply put, I know 163 is going to be a bit expensive for a lock. However, I think it is warranted because, once again, I'm expecting a break fest with bad weather. Sinner has gotten off to some slow start serving. And to look at those actual numbers, he did get broken against Paul in the first set in the semi. But to read off the actual numbers for Sinner in the first set in this event. So, once again, faced off against Paul yesterday. And in that first set... He was broken twice. So once again, did not serve well early on. You're looking at the matchup that he had against Monfi. He did serve well in that one as he was able to not get broken in that entire set. And then he was also not broken in the first set against Berrettini. However, Berrettini did have seven break point chances in the first set and could not convert a single one. But with bad weather, we saw Dimenauer looked and he was very comfortable. And with Sinner's low first serve percentage that we saw in the wind yesterday, I do think that should be a similar issue on Sunday. And because of that, I do expect to see a lot of breaks in this match in general. But Dimenauer is a good returner to break a guy that should have a low first serve percentage at minus 165 in the first minus 163 in the first set. I do think that is appealing. So for me, I am going to go with Dimenauer to break center serve in the first set at minus 163 as my lock. And for my dog in this episode, I think I'm going to go once again to the exact same idea. I'm going to go to total breaks in the match, and I'm going to take over five and a half total breaks at plus 120 on bet 365. Once again, it's kind of a cop out because I'm taking the same play twice indirectly. But the argument is, once again, with really powerful wins, you're expecting to see both players struggle with serving. We saw Dimenauer get into a massive break fest against Fakina. We saw Sinner and Paul get into a pretty decent break fest as well. And I believe... In that Paul match yesterday, you ended up seeing each player get broken five plus times. Uh, let me just confirm that for uh, just so just give me a second. But I believe each player broke five times minimum. So you might see once again a break fest. Uh, I am actually incorrect. So to go through the numbers here, Sinner was broken three times and Paul was broken five times. Each player, though, did have 10 plus break point chances. That's where the confusion came in. But you still had eight breaks in the semifinal matchup there for Sinner and Paul combined, I do think you're going to see a lot of breaks here, and a plus 120 for a very slow hard court with a lot of wind. I do like the value, 
If you want to compare it, for example, over five and a half breaks of serve is plus one is on minus one ten on Bet Online. So you're saving thirty cents by shopping around. But with the weather once again, I like breaks in this match. So my lock and dog picks are going to kind of overlap, and I do think they both should cash. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be on Dimenauer to break center serve in the first set at minus one sixty three on Bet three six five, and my dog will be total breaks in the match over five and a half at plus 120 on Bet365. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Other than that, though, to remind everybody of the schedule next week, we have another hardcore event that's pretty important in Cincinnati, so we'll be previewing that. But until next time, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA podcast, the NFL podcast, the WNBA podcast. You get the point. Until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.